All right, everybody, welcome to Shug Me the Mooney, episode five. Uh, we're hanging out here. It's me, Mooney, Shug, and we have Joel here. How you doing, Joel? What's up? How you doing? Pretty good. It's Friday. What is it, June 19th, 2020? Juneteenth. And, uh, Juneteenth. That's... Uh, that's uh, on a lot of everyone's trending uh, topics today. Uh, I mean, it's something that's been. And we wouldn't know. We wouldn't know it was Juneteenth unless uh, President Trump told us it was. Apparently, according to him. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people know. Um, I've heard about it, obviously, but now with social media, there's a lot of things that people just weren't aware of. But then now it's getting more prominent and more uh, visible, which is like always a point of a lot of the trending topics, is to get people more informed and just. Uh, just be more uh, aware of like what's going on, and so yeah, today like, is June nineteenth. Yeah, we're gonna talk about Juneteenth in a minute. Yeah, so we have a few topics uh, under consideration today that we're gonna talk about. Uh, but I just want to say hello to Shug. How you doing today? Yep. And uh, I know you and Joel spoke. Was it last week? Yeah, that was um the second yeah, like episode. Ago, right? Yeah, second episode. Yeah, it was the second episode um of this show, but the first one that was put out. Right, and. and uh, did you hear any feedback from the show? I know you posted it. Like, did, is anybody talking about it? Like, uh, I only had one one uh, person feedback, and um, it, they 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 liked it. They said yeah. it was good. Well, now you have two. Me, you have me as well. Yeah, actually, uh, the, actually, a, the person that um, not not to cut you off, the person that um, uh, gave me feedback, he actually wants to be on the next show, so we're gonna make that work. Um, so it's that grass, goes, it's grassroots, yeah. Grassroots so, movement. and I, I, I was explaining to um, you guys and my family that you know the show must be good because if it was mere, if if you know it was merely okay, he would have probably just been like, oh, you know, good luck. Um, it was good, good luck going forward. But he's like, nah, like I, I want to be on the show. Can I come on? And so that, yeah. that lets me know that we're doing something good. And you don't want to hear like the, oh, good, man. It's good to have a hobby. And also maybe, you have a GoFundMe? You, like, you doing good, man? Or that, you don't want to hear that. You doing good, man? You yeah. doing good? Oh, man, that rant you did on the internet? <laughs> Something like that. No, yeah. that's good, though. Uh, but yeah, but um, I'm glad Joel's here. We can finally talk. Um, I think we're ready to go talk about this uh, special day that uh, I just, uh, when I woke up this morning, I heard that it's, I think in 49 states, it's going to be official holiday. It's going to be like official national holiday where uh, government workers and many workers are going to get the day off, much like MLK Day and uh, like Labor Day and all that. So that's that's the latest. I wonder, I wonder who that one state is. <laughs> uh, if I, I did not look it up. but Off the top more, of my head, you already know it's like Arizona. Oh, Arizona. Say, yeah, see? <laughs> I was going to say Arizona or... Uh, like we won't turn our clocks back. We won't celebrate Martin Luther King Day and we will not celebrate no goddamn Juneteenth. Yeah, I was going to say we're that. We're Arizona, uh, and it's going to be 100 degrees in the morning. It'll be 100 degrees at night, so we don't care. Uh, yeah, because everyone knows, well, m- many people remember that, uh, well, not remember, because it was before most of us were born, but uh, they, like, for, they did not want to do MLK Day in the 80s and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. Public Enemy had that song, By the Time I Get to Arizona, which was, like, a sample of the uh, Isaac Hayes song, but then it was about the them, like, making a point of not, giving people day off for MLK day back in, I think it was the eighties, like late eighties, I think. So let's look it up later on. See if we were right. <laughs> yeah. I doubt it's like, uh, like Alaska. Cause Alaska has a lot of, uh, they're like very, they're like actually progressive, even though a lot of them are like, you would think that we aren't like conservative, but, uh, they have a lot of Inuit population and things like that. So they're very, yeah, there are people uh, up there. I actually have a cousin, a, a cousin and an aunt that actually lived up there for a time. Matter of fact, I think they're still, there i don't know how they got from st thomas to alaska yeah. but you know well i'll hit them up because my goal is to either move there to uh alaska or montana that's my goal just to poo i know i guess i'll watch the giant games up there <laughs> but, you know <laughs> okay phil jackson <laughs> <laughs> i'm so glad you said that because i put the uh i was like i know i'm not going out but i put the hairspray on i put the just the slick back yeah <laughs> i like it yeah anyway so um let's move into the let's talk more about it yeah, so um, Juneteenth, it's holiday celebrated. It was mainly celebrated in Texas. And, you know, what's going on uh, in society. Finally, a lot more places are recognizing uh, the impact 
you know, African-Americans have had on this country. And we're starting to celebrate it often. I mean, we're starting to celebrate it uh, more widespread than before. You know, you probably had uh, many celebrations here and there, but Texas, in Texas, it's been um, celebrated since the 1970s uh, by the state, but um, by the blacks in the state, it's been celebrated since it first happened. And the reason why we celebrate June 19th as Juneteenth is because that was the day the Union Army, after winning the Civil War uh, in 1865, mind you, remember, Blinken uh, made the Emancipation Proclamation in 1863, two and a half years before this. But it took, you know, post-Civil War, uh, the Union officers led by Gordon Granger to deliver the federal orders to Texas to let them know that they had to free their slaves. So these people were in bondage for two and a half more years than they had to be. So that's why it's something we celebrate today. And I hope um, going forward, uh, it's something, you know, like Columbus Day. Like, you know, we cel- they celebrate Columbus Day and, right. you know. It's like just, kind of obligatory, right? It's just Oklahoma State. Like, oh, as America discovered, first off, he, he landed in the islands in Florida. America yeah, is more based on Jamestown and the Mayflower, but yeah. And I, I read a um a tweet. I, I I read a tweet and I posted it on um my other social media, and it was like you know, Christopher Columbus is just famous um because he couldn't read a goddamn map. <laughs> yeah, I'm more of a Magellan guy myself. Yeah. If he hey don't don't cancel Coper- me. Copernicus personally. <laughs> if if those guys did something bad like really bad too probably did just it was a joke but also with the uh uh juneteenth the juneteenth thing um so it was june 1865 and then the 13th amendment was um voted it was established uh six months later in december mm-hmm. so like for there was six months where um i know like everyone talks about this at the union and the confederacy but there was also border states so the border states were like uh modern day purple you know purple states when you vote like it's a conservative or uh, or a uh, democratic state. There's also purple, where it's like kind of like a, you know, took it like a uh, figurative like battlefield. So all like the Tennessee, I think, and all the other uh, states that bordered the North and the South still had slavery to six months after the Juneteenth thing. And I think now looking at the map, I think it's also New Orleans versus just New Orleans, not Louisiana, just like that that part of. Uh, New Orleans still had it for six months. So, um, yeah, so uh, the Emancipation Proclamation was like the Confederate states were, uh, they banned uh, slavery. So that's it. So in six months, it finally happened. And also it's 46 states. It was my mistake. 46 states observe it officially now. So those other, what is it, three states, four states? Yeah. So it might be Arizona, it might be some other ones too. We'll check on that after, and we'll do a little update afterwards. A little cute little graphic on people who don't they don't want to celebrate. Yeah, Joel, you got any thoughts on Juneteenth? No, other than like it's been a long time coming, that's for sure. Because like you just said, we celebrate Columbus Day for as long as I can remember. We get what time and a half paid time off, whatever it is, on that holiday. Mm-hmm. And like I said, discussing that even on the last episode. Columbus, you know, me being Dominican, is the same thing in, in, you know, South America. There's really no celebrations for any type of, like, African abolishment in DR, really, honestly, because, you know, there were African slaves there, too. Mm-hmm. And we used to celebrate um, our emancipation in the Virgin Islands. It, I, I, I'll never forget because they, unlike here, they really taught us our history in the Virgin Islands. Like yeah. I know 1852 was the year of, um, you know, the, the slaves, you know, they basically freed themselves uh, in, in, in the islands. Um, I'm pretty sure it was like that in DR too. Well, well, like I thought, Trujillo, he was the dictator. He's, if you look Trujillo, uh, Rafael Trujillo, he was like just horrible and, he was assassinated in 61. 
Mm-hmm. So that's still recent. My mom was born in 1960. So there's just a lot of Dominicans who just don't know. They're still under that Trujillo era, like mind state. Again, yeah. this is 1961. Uh, if I can cut in, like that's a common theme. Uh, people think like history. Oh, it's history. Uh, it's in it's in our parents' like lifetime. A lot of this stuff, you know. Yeah. So all the yeah. stuff we're like my mom, um, born in the in the late fifties. So in New York City, there it was still like segregation. Like you couldn't use the water fountains. That was still going on in New York City until like sixty four, I believe. So it's you never. It, it's people think things are so like they progress so much, but hey, you step one back, one foot back, and then you're back to the yeah. And I'll tell you, Mike. Um. If you recall, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys have seen a picture of um, Ruby Bridges when they um, integrated the schools in, I think, Little Rock. And yeah. she's uh, being escorted by two marshals so that, you know, nothing bad happens to her. This was like 1964. Yeah, I believe Ruby. so. I'm looking up. But yes, it was 64. And um... and you, you, you know the picture. Um, I think oh, yeah. Norman, Norman Rockwell did a, a painting. Oh, they, oh yeah, but there's the actual photo is shocking. There's these. I'm, I'm looking at it now, but there's like two women, like, and it's just like you can tell like what they're saying is like the, the spitting venom, like, like it's it's such a shocking. And know. it's good. It's good you brought that up because Ruby Bridges is 66 years old. Mm-hmm. She is. I got it right here. Only, that's only 16 years older than my mom, and that's only um maybe like 10. Yeah, about like six or seven years younger than my grandmother. So that means those same women that were yelling and screaming, they're probably still alive. Uh, I'm going to, for those watching, uh, listening on SoundCloud, you can follow along, but I'm going to have videos, clips of this added on our YouTube account, and I'm going to show the photo. But just for you, uh, Sugar and Joel to see, how shocking is that? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, she's six. What is she, three or four years old? Four. four or five, maybe six. Jesus, you know? But the whole thing is you have to do things by four sometimes. And then the next generation just, you know, it's just the way it is the next time, you know, the, the next generation. But, the millennials are starting the trend, though, that's for sure. Yeah. And, it, it, not playing that. and it's crazy because a lot of people um are saying, you know, with all of these companies making, like, strides, you know, a lot of places... um basically changing like Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben, and the cream of wheat. Um, they're all going to rebrand and take those, um, the, the, the mascots, because all of these people are, you know, relics of slavery time. They were used, like Aunt Jemima was a caricature of the mammies that worked on plantations or the mammies that would work, you know, the, the black domestics, the maids and, and whatnot to sell the pancakes because, you know, the idea was, all right, like you can now make pancakes like mammy used to make, you know, that black, that black mammy that worked in your, your house. And it's crazy that that has carried on for like a century. And it's like, I have, uh, that's what, that's what pancake batter we use. And that's what syrup we use. Like I could go in the kitchen right now. And all they did, all they changed was they updated her to look like a modern black woman. That's they, the only like, difference. Yeah, they, they like made her like smile. Or it was like, like a, I was gonna bring it up too. They, they redid that. They made her look like she was like, oh, I'm having a good time. And they made like a little dimple or whatever you want to say. Yeah. They gave that was like 15 years, 10 did. years ago, you know. And um, there's a great movie. Well, first off, it's Bamboozled by Spike Lee. And we'll talk about Spike Lee again later. But there's also uh, the Confederate States of America. And I saw that when I was like in like, uh, maybe high school, like early high school, maybe. Yeah, and at the end, around that time too. Yeah, so like, uh, you saying, uh, Joel, it's a movie. Um, it's kind of like a documentary type movie, but it's made as if the Confederacy had won, and what modern times would be like in the Confederate States of America. What's the name again? Look that up. CSA. It's CSA. Then it says Confederate States of America instead of the United States. So. I think it was on IFC a lot. Yeah, I was, I, that's why I saw it. But uh, the, the, like, the, the like whole if you got on demand, maybe like you could look on IFC on demand. If not, like you could check like streaming services; they might have it. I, I remember when Netflix was like kind of newish, like um, the streaming they had it, but that's that was a long time ago. That's when I last rewatched it. They got it on on Hulu. I'm looking oh, Hulu. At it now. Oh, good. Oh, I got Hulu. 
But uh, it's great because you don't know what's real and what's fake. Like there's like obviously fake, like very like not sci-fi, but like very weird things where like Elvis uh, em- uh, immigrated to Canada because like he wasn't accept like he couldn't do music in the South, right? Was that one of the things? So he went up to Canada, and Canada became like the North. You know, it was very weird. But then yeah. uh, at the end, they basically said everything that was real and everything that was fake. And then most of the stuff that was real, you thought maybe it was like a little weird. Like they have that weird, uh, there's a UK, a lot of like UK stuff was very, very racist. And there's a lot of products that used uh, insane. Uh, and if I'm not uh, mistaken, in our film, um, in an alternate history, the, U, the, the Confederate States, which, you know, took over for the United States in, in, in that timeline, they helped Germany, and I think they took over England or something like that. So, like, yeah, it was basically the opposite of whatever what happened. It was like, uh, so instead of America going into World War II to help the UK and um, like France and everything, they did the opposite. And it was like, it's just, it's, we, we talk about it all we want, uh, but uh, it's just the, the words they used in like in praise of Hitler, who Hitler lived until he was like 70, and it was like in like the early 60s. Remember, it was like really weird. Yeah. Like, and the the great Fuhrer or whatever died in 1964, and, and there was a procession in Manhattan for him. Like really weird, like, but uh, it's just, you know, it's kind of cool. Uh, the mo- more important thing is what's happening today, because this, this is real, you know, that's just a movie, but this is, you know. Yeah, and um, I know a lot of people, um, before we end this, I know a lot of people are, you know, criticizing uh, companies for, um, you know, the, like I said, the Anjumama thing for taking them off um, the, the the boxes, changing their mascots, changing the, the chance to use at stadiums and stuff like that. You know, when people are asking for police res- reform, but honestly, like those companies can, can't really do anything about that. It's about the government, but I think we should recognize and, basically applaud these companies for making change and one thing i saw this morning the i, I and joel you know i know baseball I'm, I'm like a baseball historian right yes sir and i just found this out today um you know the the minnesota twins they originated in dc in washington dc as the senators yep. and their owner clark griffith moved the team to minnesota and to um, uh, some kind of club in Minnesota, you know, they claim that he was drunk. You make a group like a like a fraternity type thing, a club like. Oh, um, what do you call those things? Like the Rotary Club, v- or the... VFW type thing, like where it's like, uh, yeah, like yeah. a place, like a community thing where you like pay in and then you hang out and booze yeah. up. And... Yeah, I apologize for not knowing the exact um, name yeah, like of the club, but it was uh, one of honey, those clubs. honeymooners. Honeymooners had the uh, Elks Club and all that, right? Yeah, it was something like that where but all the members were white and he said to the crowd, the reason I moved here is because I moved to Minnesota over like uh any other place was because it only had fifteen thousand black people and it had it was mainly comprised with good, hard working black people. He did that. He said he made that comment in nineteen seventy eight. Seventy eight, whoa. Nineteen seventy eight and nineteen seventy nine, one of the greatest hitters in baseball history, Rod Carew was a member of the team. Uh, in reaction to him saying that, um, in, in re- reaction to the response of him saying that, you know, uh, Griffith said, what the hell, racism is a thing of the past. We have colored, this is 1978, so we have colored, we have colored players on the team and they're the best players on the team. We wouldn't win without them. It's 1978. On top of that, he was the last owner before the Civil Rights Act to um, have segregated housing or segregated lodging when the team went on the road and when they were in spring training, you know, separating the whites and the blacks. Okay. So uh, they're they're taking down the statue of him. So they're taking down the statue of him. And there's this last, um, the last sentence of their statement. It's a long statement as well thought out, but this last sentence I think should be the outline or at least a template for any company that has to face its um, racism in their past or in their foundation. We cannot remove Calvin Griffith from the history of the Minnesota Twins, but we believe removal of, it, of this statue 
is an important and necessary step in our ongoing commitment to provide a target field. That's where the twins play experience where every fan and employee feels safe and welcome past, present or future. There's no place for racism, inequality and injustice in twins territory. Strong statement. And it basically and, uh, FYI, mm-hmm. yeah, he's Canadian anyway. He's from, uh, oh, yeah? he's from Montreal. Wow. Yeah, he's from Board of Montreal. But he last year, he was a baseball player. Yeah, I he played, that, yeah. Uh, his last name, I was like, wait a minute. Is he related to that other uh, D.W. Griffith, the guy who created the whole... Uh, 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 he's not, though. He's not, though. But, uh, you know, that movie, <laughs> if you want to talk about uh, pop culture, I have this thing. I had this whole thing I did in, in college, like pop culture acts where, like, pop culture, like, influences, like, real-life things and... Back in the in the teens, I think we talked about this on the last show. In the, in the teens, the uh, mm-hmm. uh, KKK was reignited because of the movie uh, Birth of a Nation. Like it, it pretty much just like uh, mobilized a lot of the people in like Indiana and. Uh, yeah, and remember last uh, episode we talked about. Yeah, we talked Gone, about it, right? We talked yeah. about Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind came out uh, like twenty, no, not even twenty, twenty-three years after that movie. I don't yeah. think I've seen like a second of that movie, honestly. Both uh, of them. I haven't seen like not even one minute. Gone, did, uh, gone, gone with the wind or birth of the nation, birth of a nation. Not the one uh, we gone saw. Gone with the wind. Gone with the wind. Oh okay. Okay. I haven't seen I, that one I've minute seen, of that. Yeah, gone with the wind. I've seen like bits and pieces of it. It's too the, damn long. There's an intermission in it. All I yeah. know is it has like a famous line there. Clark Gable's in it. Well, yeah, Frank, line that everybody mm-hmm. loves. That's all I know about that movie. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Yeah, and he yeah, like forced it. that into the movie, and then also he—I think we talked about it last time. Uh, but to remind mm-hmm, everyone, yeah. he didn't go to the Academy Awards because they didn't let allow uh, the actress who was. Yeah, Hattie with, McDaniel right? couldn't. Hattie McDaniel—it's a—it's a famous, well-known story now that Hattie McDaniel she couldn't. She was the first African American to win an Oscar, and she couldn't sit in her um she couldn't sit with the cast during the academy awards on top of that during the at the film's premiere she was not allowed to to attend the premiere the the premiere was in atlanta georgia this was 1939 so they wouldn't allow blacks in the in the theater and clark gable i believe um turned down a parent because of that um i'm actually looking it up um i'm listening to it but i also i looked up the uh griffin griffith thing Uh uh-huh so he actually did get a lot of like shit for this in '78. Like, it was actually like he was he was uh, pretty much like a proc- uh, proc- provocative. Like everyone like would go to him to get a quote. Like he was kind of doing it. Like he was also like a one of those type of figures that people oh let's get a quote from him. He'll say yeah, something outlandish. Yeah. But uh, kind of like, sh- like, like you know who. <laughs> yeah. Uh, should I re- sure, sh- sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Let's hear okay. it. Okay. All right. So this is a uh, 1978 September. Lions Club, which is like one of those type of uh, community um, get-togethers. Uh, so 1978, it was September, and they were in a, the Lions Club dinner in a suburb of Minnesota. And Griffith, unaware that a newspaper reporter was in attendance, so he didn't know that there was actually a reporter. So forget what I said, because he wasn't doing it for attention. He didn't know the newspaper uh, reporter was there. I'll tell you why we came to Minnesota. It was when we found out you only had 15,000 blacks here. Black people don't go to ball games, but they'll fill up a wrestling ring and put up such a chant. It'll scare you to death. We came here because you've got good, hardworking white people here. So just say I, that was a quote. I didn't say that. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, uh, Karu, his next response, like when the next day or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. when the reporter asked, he said, uh, how do you feel about, uh, what he's, what Griffith said? And he said, he, he's a damn fool. And then, um, yeah, he said, why? No, 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 he, he told me himself. All right, so Cruz said he was a damn fool for accepting the below market value of himself to work to play for them. And uh, so he could probably get more money if he went to another bigger market, but he went yeah, to he, he Minnesota. Actually, he actually, yeah, he, he was brought up in the Minnesota system and played for the Twins for years. So he was a franchise player. And because of that quote, um, and as you could tell from his response, he was very upset. And the following season, I believe, he was traded to the California, the then California Angels, and that's where he played. That's where he played the rest of his career. And he had a really good career with with the with the Angels after yeah. that. But I see clips of him and um, Reggie Jackson together, right, in the late in the eighties. Was he still with them in the mid eighties? Yeah, 
they had a lot of yeah the the Angels in the '80s had a lot of um players that were famous from other teams. But Joel, I wanted to hear your response to that, that quote. Well, Rocco Russe or both, both. Again, it's 1978. So that's crazy for. Yeah, yeah. That's just uh, obviously like even. That's 12 years before we were born. Jackie Robinson uh, had already broke the color barrier. Like, I'm taking a picture. The, the color barrier was already broken. So it was like, why would that comment come up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I always think about that. Like, like a decade before me and all of us were born. Was, you know, it's weird. 10 years. Like, 10 years ago was 2010. Yeah, and that's bizarre. Yeah. I still have... I, still got, I got socks older than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. It's wild, man. But you know, it's it's. And, again, uh, and I, could, I could feel for Karu because yeah, you know that's all he wants to do is play baseball. Obviously, like when you play in a sport, that's all you want to do. You don't care about the politics. Sometimes even the money. The money back then was probably nothing anyway. It was one seventy five k. Yeah, look at now. Was like in the million, twenty mil, thirty yeah. mil. Even he didn't. All he wanted to do was just play the sport, and he has to like have his mind off of that because of what the owner saying somebody he has to play for. And listen, and it, we, and we, we've all worked for companies. Um, we won't name names because we don't want to put them on blast, but you know, you could probably figure it out, but you work for a clothing company that has had some, um, controversy, contro- controversy with, uh, race depicted on their clothing oh, yeah. or, uh, in their, um, advertisement. We in the company me and Mike work for, some cops were called on some black kids that were uh, just waiting to to meet with a mentor. Uh, So we know what it feels like to find out, you know, to be extensions of these people or these companies that um, clearly have some kind of bias towards uh, certain groups of people. So I could only imagine what it felt like for Rod Carew when you're somebody that probably made this man like oodles of of money. And, uh, you know, Rod Carew is probably not even good enough to, to, to sit at his dinner table. For real. Yeah. There's a lot of those type of owners. If, well, we should move on soon. We should yeah, move gonna, on soon. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, just to go – I can talk baseball all day too, not just like stats and stuff. I like the history of baseball. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit of baseball later on in the show. Okay, so yeah, yeah we'll talk about that. But uh, the last thing I'll say about that with owners, mm-hmm. like there are caricatures, like owners, baseball owners back then in the nineteen uh, in the nineteen hundreds, um, were just seen as like characters, like big cigars, like a tycoon. Um, like the Red Sox weren't integrated until what late seventies. And that's another one that they ended up having to change the the the. the the street outside of Fenway Park was named mm. after Tom Yawkey and his wife, and both of them were known racists. And they eventually changed the name of the street outside. I think they changed it. People were campaigning for them to change it, uh, to name it after David Ortiz, but they ended up just going back to whatever it was named. I think it's, it was York Street. Yeah. So they switched it back to that. They changed it to the name that they had before they, they changed it to Yaki Way. Yeah, I remember it was, uh, I remember, what was it like? It was, but, but we were still, we were working together by the time they started doing it, right? It was like a year ago. And it was like the underpass, right? I remember seeing the whole, them, them taking it down. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a fairly recent event. Probably before last season, I would say, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Joel, did you watch, uh, did you get a chance to watch The Five Bloods? Yeah, but... You know, like Spike Lee movies, I gotta watch that like one more time. And on yeah. top of that, in the yeah. Bronx, I, I gotta rewatch fireworks. it. I couldn't even, honestly, they, they lighting fireworks out here like it's July 4th. And I couldn't even like focus. Yeah, like everywhere. I know Mike, Mike's had the, the firework thing too. Oh, yeah. Well, um, they're doing a lot here. Yeah. It, no matter what, at seven o'clock, I start hearing them. And uh, it's every day. But, yeah, but at the same time, but at the same time, like it'd be like an October tenth, like on like a Wednesday, and I'd be I hear them like down the street, like at one o'clock on like a Wednesday afternoon. So you never, it's just there's a park. I have a park right here too, so mm-hmm. it's just not crazy. But uh, yeah, so when I when I talked about the Five Bloods, I had just watched it like a few hours earlier, like earlier in the day. I actually called called my dad to watch it, 
He's like a history buff and everything. Uh, I got my girlfriend to watch it. And uh, I just like, it's one of those movies where, while you're watching, I'm like, oh, man, I want you to see this. Like, you know. But uh, so, yeah. So Joel didn't get a chance to talk about it. So it's. Yeah, Joel, what was your, your takeaways from it? Like I said, um, can't even, I'm trying to even remember certain parts, like the parts I know I like. Yeah, I'd come back to me, though. Yeah, I can come back. I can, uh, 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 Sean, can you remind us what we talked about last time? Like, uh, what, what the topics? Yeah, matter of fact, yeah, because you spoke about it already. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, so we talked about it for, in, in, in length. Uh, yeah. Siobhan, what, what did we hit on again? Just remind, uh, um, the audience and also with Joel. Well, we talked about um the symbolism of the the MAGA hat because the the character played by Delroy Lindo. Um, Paul. before I even get into that, Joel, how did you how did you feel uh about Delroy Lindo, uh his performance in the movie? He uh he played Paul, the character with the yeah, MAGA I don't know, hat. I remember Paul. Yeah, it's kind of like I'm fifty fifty with it. Like in terms, of, it's like I like. The acting was good, but yeah. you know it's like the character is different when you separate the acting from the characters. Like the character, I don't really like as much. Yeah, right. But the that, acting, you know what I mean? You like know the what pa- I'm trying to say? You yeah, felt yeah. the passion, right? Like it didn't, yeah. ma- it didn't matter what the character. Like he, he, in some people's eyes, he might have been like, uh, like an anti-hero, anti, anti-hero, or like uh, not someone that people would put themselves in their shoes, right? Because he was kind of right. like, because uh, he had the PTSD and stuff, and he's uh, he mistrusts right. yeah. the government, mistrusts society, and uh... even mistrusts his son. <laughs> there you go, yeah. Because his, his uh, son, his 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 wife from or what was implied, uh, I, I don't know if they made it completely clear, but his um wife uh, died from childbirth. So in his eyes, his son he, he had to sacrifice his wife to get his son. So he never really showed his son any love. It's basically um, the first two acts of the film. Um, I asked I asked my girlfriend about it, and she didn't like the first two acts. She likes the last act, the third act, like that the ending, like the like act, it was like action packed at the end. Mm-hmm. I liked the first two because it was basically alluding to so many different tropes and um, like that's a that's kind of like a, not a biblical, but it's like um, like the wife the the mother dying, and then like you have to you bring up the son, and you have like such like resentment to them. Like that's that seems like a very like old uh story you know like uh you know, does that make sense yeah and the, the thing with the son too uh that I, I just realized is um he joined them in vietnam to get the gold and he wanted his cut so it, that kind of showed you their relation right there um also the shot where it looked like they were like 10 feet tall and he was like three feet tall, if you remember the opera. Oh wow! No, you know what? I got. Yeah. We'll have to do a still of that. I'll, I'll rewatch it and take a photo of it because I don't remember that. I gotta rewatch this movie. Oh man. Yeah, now but going me back, feel like a little noob. Yeah, and it was it was like, I think like the to me the symbolism there was like, all right, who's this punk? Like you know, this is our job, and who's this punk that wants to get in on it? Yeah, that's another. Yeah, I was thinking about that the whole thing where he wants his cut. And what did he do? What did he what did he sacrifice to get it? Because everyone like, right, they're going back right, there to right. get uh, Chadwick's character's remains. No, but then you then you also find out that uh, they have buried treasure everywhere again, which is a very famous like a war story thing, like a buried treasure thing, and uh, which is a trope. Like it could be it could have come come off like city slickers, like silly, like whatever. But it doesn't. It's like we sacrifice so much for the country. We sacrifice so much for ourselves and our family. Mm-hmm the whole thing, let me get mine. It's like, let me get it. Like, yeah. and, and again, with the Jin Renu character, uh, he's basically like, he represents like, not the government, but just like the higher power just saying, nope, I'm going to, I'm going to get mine. Snatch it right away from them. Yeah. And like all the blood and the man, and the man. <laughs> yeah. Well, he is the man. He's the, he's professional, you know, he's like a action hero, but uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and this is a point I made, Joel, um, you could probably talk to, um, that I made in the last episode when Mike said, you know, these they, they sacrificed for the country and, you know, they wanted to get what they felt they deserved, right? So I asked Mike last episode, name some war movies, some military movies, some army movies. 
uh, can you name just name like two or three off the top of your head? Like the first two, the first three that come to your mind: army movies or military movies. Uh, shit. Well, Full Metal Jacket. Mm-hmm. Hurt Locker. Right. I'm I, I can't even think of a third. Okay. I, I know I got a third. I can think of it right now. Nah, because you name Hurt Locker, so I, I think I, I should be a oh, little bit Jarhead. more. I should be a little bit more specific. Uh, since this is regarding a, a Vietnam movie, um, right. think of wars, not current wars, but movies that take place during Vietnam. So Full Metal Jacket, Full Metal Jacket, that took place during Nam. Um, just think of movies taking place in, um, you know, World War One, World War Two, uh, Civil War, the Revolutionary War. Just, just give me like two other movies. Was um, yeah, I can't even think. Like I could, I could just name war movies, but I don't know if it's from that, you know, Civil War. Yeah, so you think of like Full Metal Jacket, Saving Private, Saving Private Ryan, movies from the fifties like uh, uh, From Here to Eternity. Was Dunkirk? Is it Dunkirk one? Dunkirk would be one, right? Uh, I mean, and I haven't seen. Like, I, know, Dun- I know a lot of like more recent too, like Dunkirk. That's more recent. I've seen. What's the one that um? It was shot like. Like one one scene. Hold on, let me look at it right now. Uh, 1917. Yeah, that one. I've seen that one. Too. Okay, so of those movies, right, that we talk about that take place before Vietnam, right? What do all the soldiers have in common? Just no. by looking, just by looking at them, what do they have in common? No idea. They're know. white. Or maybe I'm missing something. Yeah, I mean that's obvious. They're white. I'm thinking you mean like something they have on. Yeah, but that's what. But see, but I know they. Yeah, they but, but it's interesting that you say it's interesting that you say that's something you never notice, right? So that shows you how ingrained it is the portrayal of um, American soldiers is that you know they're white, and it makes it seem like especially when everybody's response to uh, protesting or kneeling during the anthem is that you know, men and women, you know, men and women that die and fight for this country, the figure of a soldier that pops in your head is a white person because in all of these different mediums, they're, that's me, that, that are put out, you know, celebrating our military, they're all white. So we're celebrating all white, you know, people. But at the same time, black people sacrifice. And I would even go as far to say they sacrifice even more because especially in wars, before 1970 you know you would go to war sacrifice so much and then come back to a country where you could go to a restaurant and they could tell you we don't serve colored people here right that, yeah. I, that was like remember the titans that that scene always gets me when it's like you could eat from the back like the garbage can to the day that always gets me that scene that whole movie as a matter of fact still touchy so I'm yes weird I know our generation loved that movie. I actually never even saw that movie. I, it was on school one time. I just was like, I never watched it. I don't know why. Remember the yeah, Titans? I, I can't. I can't not watch Remember the Titans. As a matter of fact, I think it's on Disney Plus. So I might watch it. Like yeah, just cause I love maybe that movie. I'll officially watch it because I know everyone like growing up. I was a weird kid. I always like watch. I was watching Spike Lee movies and Scorsese movies when I was like eight and nine. <laughs> you know, I was yeah. like one of those weird kids. But anyway, going back with the war. Um, yeah. So I actually brought up. Uh, I think I brought up Dead Presidents. But if you think about it, that was what who made that film? Uh the um was it, wasn't it? the Hughes brothers. Yeah, and and they did um Menace of Society. Yeah, um, so basically that's mm-hmm. someone, you know, from that background making a movie to highlight it. It wasn't like a modern like we're gonna make a war picture, like in the Hollywood and stuff. And like they needed someone specifically the brothers to to actually um highlighted this is like a movie that came out when we were kids and it was uh it was pretty popular and it basically was like the the fallout from vietnam uh which uh, i'm glad you brought up the whole thing uh shook about um after you sacrificed so much during world war ii you come back home yeah and you had to deal with all that you couldn't get a house you couldn't get a house you couldn't whatever yeah most- the gi bill that's something um yeah. if you check my, my twitter and instagram okay. um, i talked about yesterday a lot so the GI Bill pretty much established like America as we know it. And me and Shug are huge fans of Mad Men. 
So we have the GI Bill. You have Madison Avenue. They well, he's left. They constructed kind of like America, like Americana of like which is up until now, up until like the re- recent digital area uh, mm-hmm. era. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, of course, like uh, everyone sacrificed in the wars. You can't just say no one sacrificed because like there was a lot of people who went to war uh, that they, they were like eighteen year old kids, sixteen year old. You leave your family. Yeah, um, but my point is that, like, yes, I agree with you. Like, but everyone sacrificed, but then more people got more than others. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that people get offended if you said that to somebody else, maybe not someone like me. Yeah. They would get offended, but like, of course, yes, uh, everyone. It, it was an incredible time in, in the world, and, and especially you know, like America in the West, and yeah, and I talked about um you know, the depiction of African-American soldiers, you have this film, you have Miracle of St. Anna, you have, um, Oh, um, the glory, glory. Um, oh, uh, the Tuskegee Airmen movie. Yeah. Red Tails. And that's what I wanted no, to talk about. The, the other one too. There's one, one that came out right in the, uh, nineties, I think. Didn't it? Didn't one come out with, um, what's his name? Uh, I love him. That was his name. Matrix. He was the Matrix guy. Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. Wasn't he also like a distinct airman in that? Uh, I don't know about the the movie you're talking about. I probably have to look it up. We can but, we can do a list and show it. You know. But I wanted to talk. Boring, I wanted to talk about Red Tails a little bit because, uh, George Lucas had been trying to make that movie like since the 1980s. Exactly. That but he the thing about it is he wanted to make the um he wanted the air fights to to be like tip top. He wanted them to to translate on film as if you were actually um up in the air. That crazy uh, bastard wanted to get actual World War One planes flying around, right? He wanted to actually do it or he wanted to do like the CGI thing. Because back this in the eighties he, he well, I think he wanted to do the CGI because I, I, you know, I, I might, I might have uh, misremembered this, but um, he actually the Star Wars prequels, you know, when they ha- would have them in 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 space, I think in um, Revenge of the Sith, like that original, the 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 first scene in the movie, when oh, the, um, uh, the whole thing with the attacks thing, it was like the uh, yeah, that was like that was like a, tr- a test run for the film. And came out. he was going to direct it, but over time he realized it would probably be best for, to have a black um, director. And I believe he got um, Reginald Hudlin. What did he um, do? Remind me. I'll look him up. Oh, let me just make sure I got the right person. Because I remember that came out in, was it tw- tw- uh, I remember Red Tails it came, came out. came out like 2012. No, I, yeah, it was 2012 or 2014. And I remember hearing that he tried to he uh, basically sold off all yeah of 2012. The Star Wars. All uh, right, so he, he he basically sold off all his Star Wars stuff, of course, for the money, you know, and then the that 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 whole deal and the, yeah, because yeah, that was around the time. Um, but it was he sold it to Disney. Yeah, it was 2012, two hours movie. Uh, but he sold it to Disney basically for them to allow him to make the movie. Yeah, and. He, it's actually um, it wasn't original Hudlin. It's a director by the name of Anthony Hemingway. Um, he was known for directing TV shows, and one of those shows. It only cost fifty million to make. Mm-hmm. So basically, you know, like you know, um, there was a time where there was a lot of backlash. Yeah. Uh, George Lucas, you know, everyone's like shits on him for like the whole like editing movies and stuff, and um, the, the way that he filmed. The second, you know, the, the prequel trilogy, trilogy. Yeah. and uh, but you know the way the way he did it actually allowed more people to make films on a lesser budget because he used the whole like green screen and stuff. If you like it, if you don't like it, it's fine. But you know, fifty million dollars to make that type of movie. Yeah, and you you For see some period, movies, it's fine. And we can get into it. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about this. Uh, so the, the whole de aging thing. Like you know, Scorsese got like this huge budget to de-age. Uh, yeah, Pesci, so so Pacino and De Niro. So and, we talked we talked uh, about that in the last episode. So um, some new information that we found out um, 
in a, in the last day or two, we found out why, um, not exactly why, but we have an idea of why they didn't um, de-age the characters or use uh, younger actors to portray um, them in the 70s as opposed to um, how they, you know, just basically use the same actors from present day to portray themselves as they are today instead of de-aging them, which is that, you know, Spike Lee historically has never gotten a movie budget more than 45 million or 50 million, which is, yeah, which is um, probably uh, wouldn't be bad for like, you know, the eighties or the nineties, but for today, $50 million, that's um, almost uh, like, art house independent oh, film budget yeah uh, um yeah so, but uh it's ironic though because uh scorsese started in the late 60s and uh Spike Lee started in the late 80s and you know they're, they're like that generational difference he actually but he actually taught um scorsese actually is like a mentor i think he was his teacher at nyu yeah new york they're both new york guys one guy yeah, he's so from they, they uh, a, a chinatown i mean uh little italy and uh Brooklyn, I would best side by, right? Spike Lee? No, Brooklyn? Yeah, Spike Lee. No, I ain't so, Scorsese ain't from here. He's from the Bronx. I said that. I said, uh, no. Because he I, went to our school. He went nah, to he our grew, school. Did he? But I don't, I, I know but, for I mean, fact he could have, he could have, he could have traveled from. Yeah, all his movies, so. yeah, all his movies took place in, uh, the, the earlier ones were, uh. Um, he was born in Manhattan. Well, no, no, uh, Little Italy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Little Italy. And I actually went to, uh, maybe I'll pop in a couple of these photos on the, uh, video. Uh, the place where they shot uh, Mean Streets. I went to the church where they shot it. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he um, he did everything low budget too. But then obviously later on, like he you know he got the Aviator was like a massive amount of budget, and then like just need like, you didn't have to have all those crazy things they did in Aviator to make that film. Uh, but Spike Lee, most of his movies were um, very um, like centered on. Like even Goodfellas was like also centered on just a couple of guys or a group of a uh, group of mobsters, but Malcolm X like that that's the biggest budget movie I could see, and it should have got more money because they have Summer of Sam. He got Game, which is about a basketball player. You know, mm-hmm. the Girl Six is a basically a video a movie version of a play. Yeah, uh, I guess Jungle Fever too. But yeah, um, yeah, I low budget, yeah, low so budget. So the reason we brought that up, Joel, is because um, I don't know if you noticed in the movie, but when even when they went back in time or when they showed flashbacks of them in Nam, it was still the same actors like in the you know sixties and seventies, as opposed to like de aging them like they did in um in the Irishman or using younger actors to portray them. Did you notice that? I noticed it, but I didn't, you know, mind. So, yeah, so we've been, like, there. That's, like, because of the budget, yeah. Yeah, so we was theorizing that the fact that, you know, the the producers and the studios have don't give him a budget like that, right? You know, he could have probably hired younger actors, but he probably, you know, knowing Spike and how re- rebellious he is, he was probably, you know, like, fuck that. Like, if you're not going to give me that kind of budget. Doesn't Spike have his own, like, production? Oh yeah, four acre, uh, forty acres and a mule. Yeah, yeah, yeah but like you need but, but you need finance studio financing. That you know, studio usually finances the film. Yeah, yeah. So and, the studio and, studio will give you money, and then the um, mm-hmm. so then it was basically it was like Netflix and maybe some other company, but Netflix gives the money to Spike Lee and his company, forty acres and a mule, and then they pay like the different uh, actors and uh, stage all the production crew and everything but that, that's not even also that's not so even like like the main thing so like universal universal is like the, the main studio they give spike lee like what up like 20 million and then spike lee uses that 20 million breaks that down for like the set and everything right it's an, up, like it's an upside down pyramid sort yeah. of like like uh that so uh the funnel um right but the, the, the another reason is with this is a it's is concerning it is um so if Spike Lee like pushes back too much. Netflix could just shelve the show, shelve shelve the movie. 
Yeah, so really like, fuck it. we don't want to do it anymore. Oh, he's like, difficult, you know. Yeah. Like, so then he he they wouldn't even make. Well, then what? He made this whole movie and then they shelve it, you know. And then that's it because you make you sign a contract, and uh, you know Netflix is just it's the yes yeah, Universal Netflix is Universal Studios now and they you know they do what they want you know. Yeah. You so the whole that, that was um that was the idea or the theory that we had. So any other um thoughts on on the film? Uh, I'm pretty uh, confident that I will watch it soon again because I don't even think my dad actually watched it. I asked him to watch it. Maybe I'll watch it with him. Yeah, I might watch uh, it with yeah, my phone yeah, I, I know I definitely got to watch it again. Like, because I guess the fireworks, it kind of messed up the whole, even though it added like that nuance because it was a war movie. So it was like, all right. But mm-hmm. I just couldn't focus really with everything going on. Uh, yeah. yeah, I got to definitely watch it again. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's absolutely true. Uh, it's hard, you know, it's hard to find. There's so much content out there and so many things to watch, but there's so much stuff going on too that, you know, you can't really give your full attention to it. You know? so yeah. What's good about this? It's uh, good, good about us talking because you, you said time out and you're like, all right, I'm going to make sure, you know, I watch this and we can talk about it. Because yeah, it's, because it's like three hours yeah, of your this day. It's basically like a visual. Yeah. yeah. And it's like a group, it's just like a group chat. But we're taking, you know, taking it more seriously. A group chat that you like, you know. So yeah, so I, I appreciated the opportunity to finally watch, watch the movie when I heard about it and uh, be able to express my feelings about it and hear everyone else's experiences because uh, I think it's important. Because why else would you put the movie on? Yeah. You know? Why would they put it out if you don't want people to talk about it? Right. <laughs>